0: The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Boughton Hall.
1: The nights are drawing in and not long to go four weeks or so. Maybe a little bit more, but uh, hey, listen, welcome to the Full Toss podcast from Chester Boughton Hall Cricket Club. My name's Jim Law and together with Lee Dixon, we'll chew the fat over uh, last weekend. And of course, look forward to next weekend and beyond for that matter. Contributions on this particular edition come from Dan Riley from the second team from George Metcalf from the third team, fourth team skipper Ian Thistlewood and then a lovely chat I had in the tent after ladies training. I didn't take part in it obviously but Tilly Bus and Nicole Fisher did so we'll catch up with them plus of course all your fantasy cricket news as well. The Full Toss Podcast. It's cricket
0: Jim, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The Full Toss. What's
1: on at Chester Bolton Hall? Waltos Podcast rears its head again. And are we busy? Well, of course we're busy. We're never not busy at uh, Chester Bolton Hall. So this weekend coming, of course, uh, cricket on the twos are at home on Saturday, uh, as indeed are the threes, Premier League football wall to wall, upstairs, downstairs, in the tent, and just about everywhere else as well. Uh, A reminder, and you can find out more about this on the website, that that Jamie Griffiths' uh, cricket uh, course runs next week as well. Still some places available for kids, uh, either on a daily basis or for the full week, so please do check that one out. Uh, We should also mention um, the bank holiday weekend. And that uh, will feature the Northern Thunder, as I believe they're, they're, they're called, rather than Lancashire Thunder. The Northern Thunder will play a, a T20 game on the Monday, Bank Holiday Monday the 30th. That uh, gets underway at 11am. That week too, we have Lancashire Twos in town playing a four-day game. And, of course, the Cheshire Cup final should be in your diaries for Sunday, the 5th of September, as we take on New Brighton. And uh, the big wow as well that day is uh, the ladies in action, uh, the 5th of September. This is Sunday, the 5th of September, on the back pitch. Now, if the ladies win that, all sorts of things will happen, as you will hear a little bit later on. Uh, and finally, uh, let's not forget the over 40s. And uh, we've secured finals day, a T20 finals day for the over 40s, which will be here at Bolton Hall on Sunday, the 12th of September. The full toss. So, uh, Lee Dixon, uh, we're getting towards the business end of the season. The nights are drawing in. You're uh, looking with horror at how fast uh, things are running out for you, because um, I know what you like at the end of a cricket season. But anyway, we had a good weekend, didn't we?
2: We did have a good weekend, uh, only uh, four weeks to go, but plenty of cricket to, to get in across all the sides. And uh, it's something that um, for myself really, obviously, with the, the nights drawing in, as you mentioned, Jim, it, it, it gets to that point where the dreaded sight screens get put away. So it's just to embrace these next four weeks and try and get as much cricket in as possible.
1: And it's a noticeable kind of um, absence of cricket around the place, isn't there? It was the midweek leagues finished... At uh, Bourton Hall, uh, over forties are coming to their conclusion with a with a finals day. Um, so there's far less cricket, although we have got some big days lined up.
2: Yeah, the the midweek stuff does start to to die off, and obviously the juniors wrap up for another year after uh, what seemed like a really successful uh, season at junior level. Um, and then we have that that overlap with the the football section as well, being a obviously a, a multi sports club. You know, having a, a massive football section in the nomads. I'm sure the pool team, Hoobs and Killer and Phil Thomas, will be uh, dusting the queue off and the waistcoat. <laughs> and uh be interesting to see if uh, the pool table makes it into the marquee or yeah. not, or whether they'll they'll stay in their original uh it's a bit like uh, Goodison Park, it's like the Bullens, the uh, the old clubhouse now. <laughs> or whether they'll move into the the new uh facility uh for for the pool. But um yeah, no, it's uh there's plenty happening. It just changes very quickly, doesn't it, Jim? it, it
1: does. And you you can bring the dartboard downstairs, although I guess holes in the canvas isn't isn't a great idea. Maybe yeah. maybe shove eight me or something like that.
2: Yeah, and if and if they've got one of the sides up, it does allow for a bit of wind as well. So I'm not sure some of the <laughs> the local darts teams will appreciate a, a crossed wind. But no, it'd be, I, it'd be great to get back up into the clubhouse gym. I think that's one yeah, of those things where. I th- you know, when we had the Euro uh, final up there, I know we didn't get the result that night, but it was really fantastic to get everyone back up there again. And I, I think, you know, over the, the coming weeks and months, it'll be it'll be great to to do a few functions and uh, a few nights in there because there's obviously so much history, so many memories, and and it creates a completely different atmosphere as well.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So so footy's coming back, and and uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, Lee, you could tell us about what you're doing in the football season because I, I suspect you might be active.
2: Yeah, well, I have uh, mentioned to uh, the uh, First eleven uh, management team, Dan Delgado, Cousins, Louis Moss, that I still haven't got my squad number. I normally get at least one game a year. I know Ollie does as well. As goalkeepers, we are uh, uh, primed for a game or two throughout the year. So, uh, look forward to that. Um, But it was great to see that uh, the First team got a really good 3-0 win against Prescott Cables at the weekend. I know the lads were really happy and obviously they get to take part in the end of day uh, celebrations and presentations on a saturday and uh, it's something that's great to have them involved
1: and the uh, the pitch looks great doesn't it with the, the new um, the new barriers up if uh, if you've not seen it folks at the top of the hill at the top of the back team cricket pitch you've got now got some yeah. fantastic new barriers up
2: yeah the old safe standings kicked in at nomads <laughs> before we've even got a stand so um yeah obviously uh, for people who don't know in, in west cheshire football uh, part of the, the nuance of the league is that you've got to have a barrier around the pitch uh, and obviously because of that bank uh, our barrier is uh, we, we've took that one away at the bottom and uh, and placed uh, one at the top for the Speckies to enjoy and uh, lean against um, on those uh, cold and drizzly Saturdays watching the boys uh, fight up but the pitch is, is amazing and I know every team that come do look forward to playing there and, and now the drainage and and uh, Keggy's got the mower set perfectly now after a couple of early seasons where we did have like a cricket outfield. that was a bit short, I think, uh, but now it's uh, lush and ready to go. And they've got the old amber and, uh, amber and black uh, goal nets as well, Jim. It's, it's all ready
1: for a great year. It certainly is. I shall look forward to watching a bit of football and potentially you as well, may I say. Anyway, <laughs> OK, uh, we digress. Uh, we had a big weekend's cricket, Lee. Uh, let's take the first team first. Which is logical, I guess, um, and uh, a decent win against a, a, a kind of a bit of a lacklustre orderly edge.
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a weird one, side. They obviously will turn up uh, uh, probably would be game six on match of the day, very much a, a mid-table fixture, and unusual for both sides. Both have got a lot of history of being near the top of the uh, the Premier Division, but all the edge came, uh, all the edge. Obviously, the next day we're taking part in the quarterfinal and uh, what would be the semi-final of the national T20 so you could sense that obviously they had a little bit probably more on the plate going into the weekend. Uh Harry won the toss uh, and then it rained so I'm not sure he would have batted first in it, which what turned into a 40 over game. Uh but actually I thought it worked out really well. Uh we made a, a fabulous 250 for five off 40 overs. Uh start of the show was the reemergence of Rick Moore, uh 70 off 91. It was great to see him play with a bit more freedom as well, Jim. You know, he, mm. he, he played a couple of shots down the ground, which were very more, very much, you know, Rickmore-esque. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he batted beautifully. Uh, a nice cameo at the start by by Warren. And uh, Al Money kind of steadied it in the middle overs. He got 43 off uh, 53. I think it was uh, a bit different for Al. You know, as left-handers, we get the ball coming into us an awful lot. And... Uh, Ed Foster and uh, Windle, um both take it away from us. So that was a, that was a bit tricky for him, um, but something definitely to work on. But he made 43. And then actually it was uh, that pair, Harry Kalore and Atif Kreshi, who uh, just put the foot on the pedal and just seemed to take the game away from all the edge. Harry, 10-4s in his 56 off 37. Pretty special, to be honest. I think he's uh, really came of age this year with the batting. He's got a beautiful tempo. About what he's doing, and, and and when and when he starts really motoring, he, he does it in a different way, Jim. He's not, you know, crash and bash kind of. You're not going to see sixes flying all over, but you can comfortably look at the scoreboard and him being for 15 minutes and be up on 25 and 30, and you don't know how he's done it. Um, and if people come down, obviously Atif at the ripe old age of 41, he's facing Chris Sanders, who's probably one of the quicker bowlers in our league, uh, who was really kind of firing it up a little bit in the in the, quite a, a dull um, backdrop, you know, with a, it being a quite a drizzly day. And he played a couple of sublime shots all around the wicket. So, Atif did a, a really good job. He got 250, as as mentioned. And then, uh, obviously, the big wicket, really, for all the edge at the top has been that run machine, Sam Perry, throughout the year. And, it, you know, we got stuck on the end of him at finals day and in the league earlier in the year. It wasn't his day this time round. And it was, he was the first of one of uh, Five bold dismissals by uh, Luke Young, the left-arm seamer, who uh, did fantastically well up the top, picking up a couple of really important wickets in the openers in Foster and the aforementioned Perry, and then came back at the end uh, bowling round the wicket and just ran through the the lower order. He was uh, equally uh, supported. Do you know what George McCormack bowled really well up the top? Jim I actually bowled yeah, yeah, uh, a bit sorry for him because he'll bowl a lot worse than that and get wickets. Ball with good control, took the ball both ways. And probably for the first time this year, that kind of both opening bowlers fired at the same time. Something we've struggled with. But hopefully that's something that we can kind of build on and take into the last four games of the season. Um and then it was, you know, Jack Williams and Harry Calloran kind of came on later on and had to bowls quite aggressive fields. Uh I know Jacko's not a huge fan of having people round the bat, but when you've got 160 runs to play with, 170 runs with only a couple of wickets left. And he was, you know, reluctantly having to get guys under the lid. It was something we spoke about in the tent, actually, after the game, Jim. You know, it's a bit of a dying art. Um, Oh, I love it. I love it. The the old old back back pad and uh, short leg field. And it used to be that the youngest batter in the side didn't have have a choice. I know certainly from my young minor counties days, having my helmet and box thrown at me, at Banbury on that first game I was thinking well what the hell are they giving me that for <laughs> uh, because I was the, the the youngest batter the least experienced I was expected to go in there now it seems to be a bit more of a democracy uh, which I'll be honest with you if it was my way it would be more of an Afghan democracy than uh, the current democracy that we have in our first team um, and the problem we've got now is is that we've got people uh, who don't really want to go in there I know that sounds a, a bit harsh it's it's not something they enjoy doing and it's one of those positions if you don't enjoy it it can be a, a really uh, not well dangerous but quite a cruel position as well so uh, I'll I' defi- I'll, I'll definitely be getting into our our junior coaches at 15s and 17s and I'm not saying we want back pads at that age but we definitely need to be teaching them that that's probably part of the game you know as they get a little bit older.
1: Proper cricket. Just go, can I just go back to, to Luke Young for a second? A change of ends as well for Luke.
2: Yeah, Luke. Um, in the first, I, I do believe bowling from the uh, the, tar- is it like the town, like or from Flats End or whatever, it, it the city end. Sorry, um, it it does help him with the new ball, just rolling it down the hill because it, it, it's just a very natural. Thing for him to stand the seam up and, and to left-handers as well. He can he, he can run it down the hill, but when he comes round the wicket later on, actually swapping ends and coming down the slope isn't the worst thing because he can just start it a little bit wider. Um, Whereas, actually, he, he has to come pretty straight if he's bowling round the wicket from the, from the city end. So, no, he bowled well. He bowled with good pace. He's starting to click and, you know, could be quite interesting come the end of the season what, what he ends up with wickets-wise because I think it took him a little while to learn it, you know what the role was, and you know he's he's bit he's not got massive amounts of experience of opening the bowling at Premier League level before he came here, and part of the reason he came to Chester was to get that opportunity. So great for Luke, uh, he bowled really well, and uh, yeah, a really good win, twenty-five points actually puts us in a in, in a really decent position in the league, Jim, in third spot. And you, you kind of look back at a couple of games earlier in the year oh, yeah. where you know where we threw away wins uh where really we could be right in the mixer now, but it, you know, look we've just got to look to to win these these five games we've got left and see where we end up and you know, Nantwich and um Didsbury have got some really tough fixtures. What's quite interesting, Jim, is is our foes from down the uh, Chester High Road, Neston are in a little bit of bother at the moment. Mm. Um and I'm not I'm not one to obviously uh wish Neston uh uh, any uh, any poor results but they actually go to Didsbury and Nantwich the last two weeks of the season so uh, I think uh, Monsieur Stokes who we've obviously had on this podcast, a good friend of mine and, and Mr Rowland uh, needs to pull a finger out basically in the next two weeks, because otherwise it could be a really interesting final few weeks of the season
1: OK um, and for Chester then, uh, because of uh, cancellation earlier in the season with Didsbury about three or four weeks ago um, it's a double header this weekend
2: it is. Uh, we, we go to Alton Park on the Saturday. Uh, and then uh, we have Didsbury at home on the Sunday, which is a rearranged game for COVID. Uh, look, it's a, it's a, one of those great weekends where if we're sat here this time next week with two wins, it really does affirm our position in the top three of the table. And it means we could have a little dip at trying to finish in the top two then. Uh, don't win these two games and we're going to get a pull right back into the pack. And uh, for some people who don't know, uh, there isn't quite Champions League football on offer to finish in the top four, but it does guarantee you a spot in the national and obviously a club of our size. We're desperate to play in as many competitions as possible. And it was only four or five seasons ago we went on that that run in the 50 over competition where we got to the last eight of it. So, you know, it'd be fantastic to be able to qualify for that. And, and also as well, take that momentum into the 5th of September, that, that Cheshire Cup um, final day at Chester.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean Alton Park have had a cracking season though, haven't they? And uh, they've got a couple of little starlets in that side there.
2: Yeah, they've 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 built really well. They've obviously got Ben Gibbon, he kind of jumps off the page at the moment. He obviously had a fantastic week in a very, very wet game um against uh Wiltshire um for Cheshire this week getting wickets and runs. Talented lad, you know, obviously well over six foot left arm. You know, he really is a standout performer in the league with the ball. Um and then obviously Rob Semi, who's captain in the three-day side, seems to have talked to it really well. Uh, obviously a really important wicket for them. You've seen that when he tends to get runs, the rest of them can bat around him. So he's an important one. Danny, you know, Danny Leach does what Danny Leach does at the top of the order. So you know, you're kind of going through that batting lineup, and you're going Mike Robinson, ex-Chester boy, who's who's done really well. He's had some some really good performances this year, which culminated in a call up to the the, the Cheshire development side. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Danny Leach, Rob Sammy, you know, they're kind of your main wickets at the top of the order. And then that dangerous uh, all-rounder and captain Martin East seems to be a bit of a thorn in our side, especially away from home. So just, there's some dangerous players for them. They, like I said, you know, you've got uh, Ben Gibbon and Martin East again with the ball. So that's going to be a really tough task. You know, last year we didn't really hammer home a uh, an advantage, I think we had them like 50 for five last year and they ended up getting about one. It was damp, wicket, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I remember. It was damp and, and, and we, we were poor. You know, we, we really did take our, our foot off the accelerator. So it would be really good um, to kind of kind of make sure that we don't take them for granted, you know, and, and it'll be interesting to see what the wicket's like there. You know, I always look back, at, you know, going back maybe 10, 10 years, it was so, so flat. It was an absolute run fest there. Uh, but, with the weather around this week, it can be a little bit green nip around a little bit, so look, our lads have got to be on their you know on their guard and make sure that you know that we put in a really solid performance Andy Metcalf will come back in uh after going down to the seconds for a week important that players obviously we've got a squad there you know and and people are gonna rotate in and out, so it he'll certainly come back into the side and uh with a, a little bit of unavailability around and a, and a injury to a teeth Reg White's it's going to get another game in the ones.
1: Oh, terrific. Uh, but it gets no easier does it the second uh, the, the second game uh <laughs> second place didsbury.
2: No, uh, did didsbury are at the moment in, in theory uh, in the box seat in the in the title race, you know, that uh, weekend where uh, we were covided off uh, not much were actually rained off. And I think that's going to, you know, be one of those things that we look at at the end of the year and go, you know, the kind of covid rules i've seen some stuff on message boards jim uh in the cheshire league yeah. not the cheshire county league where people are really not happy where maybe people are manipulating these rules or bending them you know because they can see the weather's bad later in the week uh obviously covid's covid and hopefully this is the last season we even have to use the the phrase covid off um but you know i think certainly um for Didsbury they in uh, you know A really, really good position. It'll be really interesting, Jim. Uh, Cheshire have got a game next Sunday um, and obviously we've had players this week in Rick and Al Money uh, playing for Cheshire, whether they're selected. But also as well, Didsbury have got a number of uh, Cheshire players themselves in in Nick Anderson, in um, Charlie Loudon and um, Steve Green as well. And I I know uh, it? Tim Hughes as well as played some games at the start of the year. So It'll be really interesting. I know Nick's actually a big advocate of uh, make, making sure that the county do get access to players. and uh, It's probably something for next year, Jim. It'd be great to... I don't know how we go about doing it. Obviously, league games are league games. We hopefully, we'll have this problem next year, like I said, with COVID. But trying to make sure that the Cup games don't clash with the county fixtures, because it would be really nice to see that county side bed down and, and be able to not pick from yeah, pick from a smaller group of players and make it that a little bit harder to, you know, every cap is is hard to to get because it, you, how many players have they used this year, Jim? The county club must be 25, 30.
1: five uh, thirty. I'd say slightly more than that. It's, uh, don't forget they had to change the whole side for one for one game. Um and yeah. The plus side of that is the strength in depth was fantastic.
2: Yeah, well, obviously you look back on that game, and you, you know you look back and you think, you know, Chris Stenhouse at the ripe old age of thirty-five. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I went on Wirral schools tours with with Stenny going back <laughs> nineteen ninety-nine, and uh, he, he he still, he, you know, at thirty-five, he still runs in off the same run-up. You know, he's quality bowler, and you, you wouldn't get those moments, and you know, it did definitely show uh, some depth and, and and a real strength to to Cheshire cricket at the moment, but. I do think that 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 three-day team uh, in particular has the the makings of uh, a really quite impressive side for the next couple of years. Yeah, couldn't
1: agree more.
0: Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. Okay,
1: so a busy weekend here then, Lee, with the ones playing on Saturday away and Sunday at home, which means that the twos go to, uh, no, the twos are at home to Alton Park, but uh, they had a tasty um, tasty couple of fixtures last weekend. Let's uh, let's hear from Dan Riley.
3: So our second team had two games this weekend, uh, the first of which saw us travel to Alderley Edge. Uh, once more, it was damp, it was uh, moist on the foot, etc., but it, it seemed like we were going to start on time, and having chased very poorly the week before, I decided to uh, bat first, and try and post a score, and what looked like a reasonable pitch, it always plays pretty well there, uh, we've posted good scores there in the past, and unfortunately uh, the, the intended plan didn't quite come off, uh, Seen us be 66 for 6, which wasn't great, there was a procession of poor shots from experienced players, and I think only Reg was the only one who looked like he was, he was going to get in and, and was doing okay, and then he was run out, uh, Matty Brain involved in a, in a run out there. So at 66 for six, we were staring down the barrel of a very early uh, return from Alderley Edge. But m- myself and Matty Brain managed to uh, knuckle down bat as sensibly as we possibly could. Uh, they had some very good spinners, um, Alan Day and Mark War- uh, Warns, uh, who bowled very tidily, very very straight, and uh, it was hard to score. But we, we we found a way. We hit the ball on the floor, novel idea, but it worked and we, we managed to find a fence a few times too. We built a really good partnership um, with two overs to go. I, I I fell, I was out, but we put on 70. Uh, we got the score well up into the 130s. Matty Brain was striking it beautifully, definitely an all-rounder nowadays. He's bowling great, he's batting really well. He's a great person to bat with, he just feels confident he's going to score the runs. Um, we ran between the wickets well, and uh, in the end we managed one four, 3 of which... I got 27, and uh, a brain. I got a fantastic 55 not out, his first senior 50 on a Saturday, and uh, the first of many, I'd say. He, he's batted really well. He ran young Freddie Ogilby ragged in the last two overs, and uh, they managed to sneak us up to 143, which clearly was well below par. But with the bulk of the runs coming from uh, the lower order, it, it wasn't ideal. And we got on the end of one of those innings that you can do in second team cricket every now and again it doesn't often happen to us um but uh, alan day first team ex first team captain i believe played a bit for cheshire too was playing in the twos for whatever reason perhaps to keep an eye on the cheshire pitch perhaps to have a bat and a ball before their big game on sunday and it didn't really it, there wasn't he was he played beautifully Tried lots of different bowling combinations. Brain who had a go. Um Jake Wonky had a go, he was quite harsh on some of the, any wayward bowling. And he won them the game with a fine eighteen not out. Um he hit the ball very hard to all parts. Um nobody really. We we he was less savage on some than others. Um we managed to get two wickets. Uh Matty Brain, that man again got, got the one of the openers out, and Luke Ramsey returning from his first for his first game for a while after his elbow injury. He managed to remove our old mate Dill, again caught at slip by uh, Mr Ogleby. And we lost. um, It was a tough one, really, in the sense of we could have got 200, but we should have got 200, but he he looked really, really good. Um, If we'd have got him out early, it would have been a completely different story. Uh, We've come on the end of a couple of times this season, uh, notably toffed at home and nesting away. Uh, where teams have put out the best possible second teams they can, and we've 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 got on the wrong end of those. Um, uh, but and this was a, a case of a really great player having a really good day, and uh, he's, he's miserly ten overs, and his uh, 80 out was was the mainstay in, in the game really. But uh, we moved on to Cheadle the next day, um, with lots of changes to the side, where Jake was replaced by Sam Mallow's, Um, Griff again not there So I was captain again And we had Archie Riley played And Will Fisher played And Jack McGovern Who's a really great second team player It's unfortunate that he's such a good goalkeeper too Um, But he's a really great second team batsman So it was good to have him in the side And we went there And it was particularly green The weather looked overcast Wasn't certain how low it was going to play We haven't played there for a couple of years We didn't go there last year and they came up from the league below, so we haven't been for a while. And when we've been there in the past, it's been really low scoring. So we we I, I put them in, and we started off really well. Sam and Breno again, um, Sounded like a one-man team. This um, they they did they did a good job at the top. There was some good batting from one end and some pad-first batting from the other end, and it sort of they 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 ticked along a bit, and then Brano got I think no Sam got a wicket. And then we swapped, he got one of the wicket, got the opener court behind I think and uh, it, it sort of bumbled along a bit and then, then then Fishy removed Aaron Wall, the captain he was a reasonable batsman Aaron nice lad, good batsman, Um, listens to the podcast I believe and he, we got him out and we, we really thought it was in the two batsmen came in and they were playing some bizarre shots they were trying to hit it over mid wicket and it was going through cover they were trying to put it through square leg and it was going down to fine leg very strange. It just felt like a wicket was coming at any point. But in what seemed to be a the, the 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 way our season's gone, it just the ball kept going in the air. Just short of fielders, just overfielders, just going for four when it could have been stopped and things. And they put on a bit of a partnership. In the end we managed to remove them. Um, Sky and one too many. A Couple of good catches from Luke and Rob Fisher. And they, they sneak they snuck up to two hundred which we were confident, really. In chasing, we had a strong batting lineup. We had a long batting lineup with uh, Fishy, Sam, myself, back in 9, 10, 11. And we, we, we fancied it. So, But we needed to get off to a good start. And we knuckled down and we, we played pretty sensibly until Joe and went. Luke Ramsey at the other end was, was looking set, but he got an absolute jaffa, pitched a foot outside off stump from a seamer, flicked the top of off stump. Um, you know, one of those balls you, you get every now and again. But again... They seem to be coming this season. Um, then Spavo got in and got himself in, was batting really well. He hits a really clean ball, Spavo. He's, he batted nicely and he went back to one that kept a bit low and he was, he was gone for 30. But we kept having partnerships. We'd lose two wickets, then we'd get a partnership. And uh, Jack McGovern, who can hit a very, very clean ball, uh, some of the aeroplanes must have been worried at points. He was absolutely launching it. He bounced off one off a house and he hit one way into the tennis courts. He's a really clean striker. He was he was going really well. He batted with Archie, who, who just blunted the opening bowler, really. He's got a good technique, Archie, and he just blocked it. Didn't score a lot of runs. I think he got three or four, but played really well and allowed Jack to free his arms at the other end. They ran sensibly. But those two both fell in quick succession. Jack for 46. And um, we pr- I promoted Brainer, he went up the order And Will Fisher, who was playing Hadn't, hadn't bowled, but he, he came in and batted And Will batted superbly Brainer was finding it a bit tricky to start with I think he was still uh, remembering his runs from the previous day But he found it tricky And uh, Will was superb uh, He t- it hit a few lovely fours through backward point And um, was looking solid in defence And they were ticking the runs up We got well over 100 It was going really well And then Will was our LBW with us needing about 50 fine innings of 26. He really showed that he could do it, um, which which is great to see. Um, so that was good. And then myself and Breno got, got to get together and we were kind of thinking, right, let's just do the same as we did yesterday. And I was run out backing up at the bowler's end, smack back from Breno, looking for the run, flicked the finger. You know, again, one of those things that seemed to be happening to us more often this season. And then in the end had carried on batting and we, we we got to the point where we needed eleven off the last over, two wickets down. And then there was kind of a, a stall as Brainerd dived to get himself in, smashed his helmet and knocked part of a tooth out on his on his lid. Which kind of and split his lip. It was a bit of a mess really and uh, many other people might have gone off and not wanted to come back. But he was quite philosophical about it. It'll get fixed. And he went back out there. We needed uh, eleven in the end, it came down to needing a six off the last ball. And having having lost a few and drawn a few, we haven't won for a, a while, um, he decided, rightly so, go for it. Try and hit the six. Came down the track, took a wild swing. A wild swing. He, he looked to hit it in his favourite area over mid-on for six. Didn't did didn't connect and was out stumped. Um, so we lost a game that... We could have, should have won, but that's been a a repeat of lots of things that happened to the season. But look, lots and lots of positives. Will Fisher and Archie Riley can cut it at second team against better bowling than perhaps they used to. They did did really well. Jack McGovern, certainly a second team player. Spavo's batting continues to impress. Um, We bowled well. We fielded well. Perhaps in hindsight, a bit Joe Root-like could have done things slightly differently with the ball. But at every point in the game it felt like a wicket was just just around the corner And that one wicket could have just, I think they'd have folded like a pack of cards So onwards and upwards, we've got home game next week It's bound to rain, Uten Park at home um, They've been struggling, they have been uh, drawn into a relegation battle We're not gonna, We're not going to be going down but we want to finish as high as possible Bizarrely if we win on Saturday we could end up fourth still which really is uh, kind of shows our season. We've, we're not doing that badly, even though the results would suggest otherwise. So lots of positives, lots of things to take forward. Uh, one interesting point being Ben Spaven worked out that we averaged 3.35 changes per game. Interesting fact, that. Well, anyway, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, everyone. Take care. Have a good week. Try and stay dry. Just chucking it down at the moment. Um, thanks. There we
1: are, Lee. Difficult weekend for, uh, for Dan, sitting in there for Matt Griffiths.
2: Yeah, um, really tough. You know, the twos have, the twos have been struggling. Um, consistency and selection's been really tough, you know, they're having to constantly uh, shuffle the pack. Um batting wise, obviously missing the you know, the likes of Bob Evans not being able to make himself available, obviously with the you know, the imminent arrival of uh his uh, his twins. Um, so obviously he, he's kind of protected himself and his family, which is totally understandable, but a massive loss to the second team. Um, and then, you know, you start looking at, at, at the middle order and it's just, it's not fired at all really, which is, which is disappointing. Uh, and like anything, Jim, if you get into a bit of a rut, uh, it's really hard to turn it around. You know, Dan's tried to obviously um, do his best over the weekend and, and, you know the f- Saturday is a bit of a, a pasting from a you know a side in all the edge who obviously had the like you know alan day has been a a top level first team cricketer for two decades um opening the batting for for the county going back probably six or seven years ago mm. on quite a few occasions uh, he went down into the second team as you know quite a few guys around our age now seem to be doing because age does catch up with you <laughs> and uh and uh he got a fine 80 from everyone i spoke to he just looked the class above and to be honest that I, I i not that you you want first teamers to come down and and necessarily dominate a game but if someone's been out of form in the first team that's the way it should be if they go to the seconds and they do well fantastic um but just because they you know they're not scoring at first team doesn't mean they can't go and play and enjoy the second team. So, I, uh, you know, our old friend, Dil Yathagoda, our under-15 coach, uh, got 25 as well. But, you know, we we struggled and, and, you know, losing by eight wickets at the third from bottom was never going to be a good start to the weekend. Uh, the Sunday, obviously, a much-changed side. Again, obviously, two two games in a weekend, not something the seconds have to do very often. Um, and, um, you know, you... The one thing I'd say is that there's a bit of a bright spark in there that um, Jack McGovern was available. Now, Jack's done well in the lower sides and he's actually done well in the LMS as well. Uh, he got 40-odd in no time. And I do think in in, in next season that Jack will, will play more second-team cricket, at least talented lad, good all-round sportsman, obviously been with us since he moved up from Devon all those years ago, since he became a forever student at Chester University. <laughs> Um, but he's a great lad, and you know it'd be great to see him play some more games. He's not, living, really he's not nice. living.
1: He's not living in the van in the car park still, is he?
2: Well, no, I'm sure his mum and dad will come up in the camper <laughs> and, and park in, in the the uh, start their own camper fest in the bottom car park. Uh, I'm sure Keggy enjoys that immensely. Um, but you've got, um, you know, I, I do like a, a story like this. We had Archie and Dan and uh, Rob and Will on Sunday uh, playing together uh, at the Cheadle game. Uh, Will did well. I think he got 27, um, which which was obviously good for him. Uh, but we fell just short. Matt Brain batting really well again. You know, he he probably over the last five games, him he's probably averaging 40. Braino. Yeah. Um. So that that's great for 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 Braino, and he, he's bowling well. Seems to be really building in confidence. There was a an incident on the Sunday though where he dived in when uh, he thought he was going to be run out slid his bat in but he's managed to chip his tooth at the same time so there's a bit of a delay um but we kept going to the death and ended up losing off the last ball trying to hit the six to win um I think it's one of those it's fair to say that um if we weren't in the middle of the table I think that probably would have been a draw um when we when we lost the eighth wicket uh but fair play to Dan on the side they kept going and and tried to get the win and it seemed like a really competitive game against Cheadle. So at the moment, it does feel a little bit doom and gloom around the seconds, but I think it's really important over these next four weeks to try and take some positives, try and see if we can bed a few guys in ready for next year. It'd be nice to see Ben Spaven in the runs this weekend. Uh, I know Matt Griffiths returns and Matt Hodges returns as well. who has been away with work and, and you know, um, by the looks of it, it, looks like Will Fish is going to get another chance in the two. So it'd be great to see him get a, a few overs at the weekend and uh, maybe even see him bowl in tandem with his dad. I'm sure oh. that'll be fantastic for Jill on the side.
1: <laughs> OK, and they, uh, of course they host uh, Alton Park on some, uh, Saturday this week, don't they?
2: Yeah, they do. Alton Park, uh, over the last few years, it's fair to say, have had a, um, a very similar time of it in second-team cricket to, to ourselves. We've kind of battled it out up the top. This year, it's been the reemergence of Toft. Nantwich have done very well. Neston have played very well. But ourselves and OP have kind of found ourselves in that mid-table. So, th- this game in previous years has been like a league title decider. And in, in, the, in the end, it's going to be a, a mid-table clash. So, it would be interesting to see what Alton Park bring there. Obviously, a, a club on the up and they've got a strong second team, normally marshaled by Owen Williamson. So, it's always going to be a competitive fixture when Owen's involved. And then, um, you know, for Matt, you know, he's just got to be, like I said, just trying to find those positives. Hopefully he can turn up and enjoy the Saturday. And we get some good weather and, uh, and a good wicket um, at Philkins
1: Lane. Match reviews and previews from Chester Boughton Hall. OK, uh, so let's check out the threes then and hear from George after a
4: defeat at Stockport. The threes were hoping to get back to William Ways this weekend as we travelled to Stockport after last week's washout. Um, And it wasn't looking good when we arrived, as it was currently uh, raining at their ground, um, with the forecast not looking too promising. But thankfully, uh, it brightened up and we managed to get play underway only 15-20 minutes late, so meaning we could still play a full match. Um, Due to uh, unfortunate circumstances in the morning, it meant we actually only had 10 men. Um, But still, upon winning the toss, um, we decided to have a bat um, and hopefully set a good score um, and look to uh, hopefully bat them out of the game. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it wasn't to be as a few of our batsmen getting stars, getting to about 10 um, getting themselves out. We ended up posting um, 127 for seven off our 40 overs. A few unlucky dismissals in there as well. Uh, Joe Maddox slipping and um, unfortunately finding himself in the middle of the wicket as he was ran out. Um, but uh, notable mentions go to uh, Dave and Will Fisher. Both um, added some vital runs at the end to push our score up to something almost competitive. And as well, Archie Riley too batted very sensibly um, for 30 not out um, and really stuck in um, when wickets are falling around him, which was great to see, showing maturity beyond his young, youthful years. Um, so we posted 127, as I said, a little bit under par, even though it was, was a big pitch. Um, but we were hopeful uh, with a few early wickets, um, we may be able to pick up 25 points. And when they were 30-odd for three, um, we were very optimistic, uh, Moss claiming all three of the first three scalps um but their dangerous number 3 batsman was still at the crease and played himself in well and then looked to looked to find the boundary and hit some very big sixes indeed i think four in total and i think he ended up with uh, 75 out of the uh, 120 130 score um which really took the game take game away from us really um, but it was a valiant effort from the third to say with only 10 men. Um, we definitely had the worst of the conditions bowling. Most of our are through um, absolutely driving rain. <laughs> um, we could have come off if we wanted to but we knew um, had, to, had we come off we would have struggled to win and we probably got less points than we got. Um, so eventually they got home four wickets down so a six wicket defeat for us but it was a great effort from from the bowlers and the fielding department especially. So we picked up eight points for our efforts um, which still leaves us in fourth place uh, going into the final four games. Um, but there's still a hopeful outside chance of promotion, um, given Port Sunlight still need to play. only the top two play each other next week. Um, and our fixtures are looking probably out of the top four, the most favourable. Um, so you never know. But we need things to go our way. But hopefully with a bit of luck, we might be able to still get promoted. But we've obviously got to make sure we do our bit and win our last four games and add another 100 points to our total. And hopefully we'll be there or thereabouts. Cheers.
1: So not a good day for George. Lee, what did you make of it?
2: Well, firstly, it's massively disappointing that we went with 10. That that, that was, you know, from my perspective, as chairman shameless selectors, That's, you know, I, I'll be honest, when I read that on the uh, WhatsApp, I was really gutted uh, because it's something that, you know, we've obviously had tons of players all year. Uh, we can, you can never do anything if someone cries off on a Saturday morning with illness. That's one of those things, that's life. Uh, but we just, you know, from my perspective, you know, and I did apologise to George just to third 11 captain, you know, it's just making sure that communication's there and we we make sure that we, we, we push the, the players up. It's obviously very difficult in short notice to get someone to go to Stockport ask someone to completely change the day and, you know, we need to just make sure things are in place in the future because the thirds have done so well and it, the, the season's just faltered over the last couple of weeks, uh, whether that be, you know, availability, not quite being there and then obviously going with 10. It didn't look like one extra player would have made the difference if I'm honest, Jim. It looked like a uh, pretty um, poor display from the lads, and uh, I, I know George was was disappointed. And it it looks like now we'd have to probably win our last four games to really be in the mix come the end of the season for those those promotion spots. Really, um, like I say, most times though we are playing that is a Stockport second eleven, so you know they're gonna they're gonna be a decent side. They're gonna have guys who have come down from the ones and such. Uh, Archie Riley actually did really well. 29, not out. Faced 70 balls, but there was wickets falling all around him. Uh, Dave Fisher at the end. 70 balls, uh, I say? 70? 70. 70. So, you know, showing some wow. real, you know, some real uh, fight there because, you know, several of the top order, you know, falling in single figures. So, he obviously had to hold it together, batting with Will Fisher and then Dave Fisher. Um, so, you know, fair play to him. Uh, It was quite interesting. Stockport used nine bowlers, so obviously a a very uh, talented side, you know, to have that many different options. But uh, their guy uh, Haroon Ali came in at three, smashed seventy-four or fifty-six, pretty much put the game to bed. Um, Going round the bowlers, Marius with three for forty-five was the pick of it. But uh, yeah, not a lot to uh, to write home about, I'm afraid. and like I said, that leaves the... the Port Sunlight, who they played the other week, who we played really well, have kind of just started to push now. So you've got Alvinley at the top, Port Sunlight in second, and then we're 21 points off the promotion places um, in fourth spot. So we take on Irby in, ninth this, uh, Irby in ninth place this week. So, you know, the hope is, is that we can maybe claw some... Uh, or some uh, points back because Alvinley and Port Sunlight face each other this week, so good chance to uh to gain some ground back, Jim.
1: Yeah, Irby at home that is, so uh, Mr. Maddox will be uh, in situ and uh, um let's uh, let's get back behind George. Match reviews and previews. Okay, um Ian Thessalwood and the fours, um they entertained Aston and here's what he had to say.
5: Hi Jim, it's Ian from the 4th Eleven with the report from our game against Aston at home on Saturday, which I'm pleased to report we won. We're in peak holiday season right now and um, for the first time probably in two seasons, um, we had that um, uh, normally quite typical uh, scrap around during the week to try and find players and unfortunately uh, George could only get 10 out on, on, on Saturday due to a last-minute off I had to um, approach a, a long list of people to to get out 11. Um, and in some ways, this is um, a bit annoying as a captain because I'd, I'd forgotten what it was like. But on the other hand, it, it did hand opportunities to a couple of our juniors who uh, hitherto haven't been able to um, break into the teams uh, above the quite strong and extensive ranks of seniors we have. So I was happy to hand a, a debut for the 4th-11 to Ed Tweedy uh, and um, and to retain alston Walk in the side uh, for the second week in a row, uh, both, uh, both juniors uh, alongside Alex Cotton. Um, uh, and uh, on Saturday we won the toss and we chose to bat first, which uh, was based on uh, our previous game against Aston, where we chose to bowl first and bowled them out very cheaply and then knocked it off. In next to no time so this this time i thought we'd take the opportunity to bat and i'm glad we did because we managed to rack up a mammoth 290 off our 40 overs uh manny perry uh got 102 uh, uh just passed his turn before trying to hit the ball over the marquee and being caught on the boundary and um and i finished with uh, 133 not out so um my highest score ever which was uh which was nice uh, for me, um, Ed Tweedie looked um, looked handy while he was in and then unfortunately missed a straight one. But, you know, uh, plenty of time to learn. Um, uh, and Damo unfortunately missed out uh, uh, this week, nicking off to a good ball uh, early on. So chasing 290 in 40 overs is uh, quite an intimidating uh, prospect. But credit to Aston. They absolutely came out swinging. And... Um, they were about 90 for none after 10 overs. they their opening batsmen, who who actually also opened their bowling. Um, absolutely smashed it. He hit 1-6 one, one over points, which was just incredible off, um, off Jamie Littler. And um, it's the first time this season, in fact, for many seasons, that, that Jamie has really taken some serious tap. Um, but it, but in the end, a, a bowling change, bringing on Dave Henson, uh, uh, broke that partnership. And, and thereafter... Uh, the Aston team didn't really have the same firepower lower in the order, and and uh, ended up at about 190 for five or six, um. So a long way short of our target, um. But um. But they gave it a good uh a, a good stab early on. The um the wickets were shared around. Um. Uh, I'd say pick of the bowlers this week was Dave Henson, who's who's added a kind of a slower ball cutter to his his arsenal, and it it really paid off. This week because we didn't have a, uh, a spinner, Chris Bell was away this week, so um, sort of Dave's um, variations really helped break the deadlock and um, uh, and secure us the win. Um, special credit this week to Ian Boothroyd who um, who put his hand up midweek and offered to to wicket keep. He's never done it before. We didn't have a keeper. Um, and he uh, bravely and manfully put his hand up, his his gloved hand up to um uh, to stand behind the wickets. It's a tough old job, and um, uh, I I think when the first ball from Alex Cotton whistled through um, into uh, Ian's gloves, he gave me a slight look of uh, despair on what he'd uh, what he'd agreed to do while I was standing at slip. But he did a great job, and um, I'm very grateful to him for um uh, for doing it. So the Fools, uh, like the rest of the team's approach, the back end of the season, the final furlong, and we're comfortably in second place in the league. I think, realistically, we're a little bit too far behind Christleton to, um, to seize the league title this year. Uh, Christleton will uh, remain a very strong side and, and will uh, justifiably earn a promotion this year. Um, we haven't actually been told how many teams get promoted. Um, the league likes to keep those type of details secret for some reason. Um, so we don't know whether it would just be first place who go up or first and second place or indeed nobody or indeed that they will change the league structure completely again next year. So um, I think uh, the the order of the day for us is just to enjoy the remaining games. Um, we have like this coming weekend away and then a bit of a highlight of the season, we have Bunbury away this uh, the weekend after, which is uh, on the bank holiday weekend, which is always a bit of fun. So yeah, um, so yeah hoping to um hoping to enjoy the rest of the season um uh, make sure our regulars uh, continue to get games continue to give some of our juniors a go and um yeah looking forward to a, a to a, a bit nicer weather hopefully um thanks so much jim have a great week have a great week everyone uh, lee
1: another win for the fours ian keeps on flying
5: yeah obviously they had that
2: that nice break the other week and uh you know I was having a little look through before Archie Riley actually puts these on. So thanks to Archie for helping out. He's a bit of a star there uh, in helping us put and play cricket on. Uh, Ian Thistlewood, 133 not out. And uh, Manny uh, Army, 102. Uh, Our friend Damon Curtis, who who wrote quite a lengthy piece for the website, Jim, about the under-15s success in the cup, which was an excellent read, but he seemed to miss the HMS runs. As he fell cheaply in the opening partnership when the when the other guys make hundreds, uh, me and Rick often laugh about that because it does happen. Normally, when two people make a hundred, someone's royally missed out somewhere. But two ninety or forty overs, um, yeah, some of the bowlers took some real tap. Uh, Ashton, in response, made one hundred and ninety-two off their forty. Um, you know. Plenty of different bowlers used. Alex Cotton with two for Dave Henson with two for, and then a wicket for Shannon also no O'Rourke as well. So, no, really good. Um, that that side's been consistent all year, Jim. Uh, obviously, we've, we kind of mentioned Christleton just march on. They're just absolutely miles ahead at the top. But that does put us back into second spot. And uh, with a game or two in hand, we, we could manage to, to get promoted, which would be fantastic. From Division C West, so it's it's also good at this time of year, Jim, that the fact that we've got a few holidays and stuff like that, so different people and you know uh, different players are starting to get opportunities as well, which is good, uh, and ho- hopefully we can have a a couple of really good nights in the tent between now and the end of the season.
1: We should mention the fours this weekend are uh, away to Port Sunlight, shouldn't we?
2: Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, The the fourth, it's another one of these grounds. It's not one of those notorious third or fourth team haunts. You know, your Uptons, your Nestons, your Herbies, your Warringtons. Mm. So, they really look forward to going to these different places. And uh, it'd be nice to ask in next week exactly what... uh, what facilities? What's the ground like? Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the full toss.
1: Okay, um, right. So, um, arguably, uh, in uh, in the review, uh, best to, to last, and uh, it's been a big week for the ladies. Lee, um, I got the chance to catch up with the uh, with Tilly Bus and with uh, Skipper Nicole Fisher in the tent after training, and here's. What they had to say ladies captain nicole fisher and tilly bus sat in the tent just looking very content after a fine win nicole last week
6: yeah a very exciting win for us and a very important one as well um yeah digsbury are obviously a very tough team um, and we were going out with a very strong team and we were so up for it um We had to keep our heads on, it was a bit of a nervous start to the day but um, we just got out there and played our own game. Um, It was a very wet day at Withenshaw, we had to come off a few times when we were in bat but we managed to post 112 runs. Um, There was a few of us who chipped in with a few but the main score came from Meg Kurosan who hit a fine 38. It really wasn't a batting pitch at all, it was very green and the outfield was very wet um, but yeah, we managed to post 112 and we kind of said that 80-90 would be a good score on that pitch. So we're really happy with that. Uh, we then went out onto the field and we had a much more attacking field than Didsbury, that's for sure. Um, they had a few people out on the boundary from the off, which kind of g- gave us the impression that they weren't maybe as up for it as we were. Um, so yeah, we went out with our bowling attack, um, Kate Kopak and Tilly Bus opened the bowling and Tilly managed to take a wicket with her very first ball. Um, She took the wicket of Roche, who is Disbury's captain, and a really big wicket to get. She's been scoring hundreds this season. Um, So that was a great start and it really set the tone for us. That was then backed up by Gemma, Georgia, Charlie, they all got one wicket apiece. And then Daisy also bowled really well. She got two wickets for only six runs off her four overs and then Kate Kopak came in at the death and took three wickets so she had a fine economy only going for seven runs off her 5.3 overs but not only was the bowling performance good the fielding performance was really really good we were stopping runs left right and centre and catches win matches <laughs> we all managed to take all of our catches and some of them they were hitting very very hard so yeah we managed to get them all out for 85 and um, it was looking a bit tense nearer the end but yeah obviously Kate Kopak came in and cleaned up which was really good and there were cheers from the sidelines as well from all our supporters which was nice I mean that,
1: that's a strong side then isn't it because you've got a, a, a cracking opening attack there with uh, with Kate Coppac our good old friend Kate Kopak. and this lady here who will have a word with Tilly <laughs> who's still traveling up and down the country
7: I am to indeed. play for your mate. <laughs> I am, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: So just you were on the podcast a little while ago telling us about your new job, but you're still mm-hmm. living in the north, aren't you? Right. Working in London and playing cricket for Nicole and, and, the, and the girls on, the, on, well, whenever.
7: Yeah, yeah. I am, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm travelling up from Yorkshire every weekend and staying with Nicole in her lovely new apartment, I must say. Um, and, uh, yeah, managing to get the games in around work, which is which is really nice.
1: And still enjoying your cricket
7: absolutely uh yes um yeah. Looking to play when I move down uh, down south as well, but uh, hopefully not too soon. <laughs> mm.
1: And look, we were talking um, earlier in the season about uh, the difficult, the kind of sticky start where runs were at a premium. Mm-hmm. Um, what's changed to, to get to where we are now at this time of the season?
7: I think you touched on it earlier with the, the batting depth that we've now got. Um, we've, we've got some really strong players that have been brought in this season. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Georgia, I'm looking at, at Katie Bennett as well. Those, those are two key players that have come in for us and they're... Um, yeah, they've given us the depth that we've needed, and we've needed for a long time. Um, we needed some support for Ali and Nicole, who are, um, do, <laughs> do us a sterling job, but uh, they needed uh, they needed some friends in the back. So, uh, yeah, we're really glad that uh, we've got some new people on board, and, uh, yeah, they're doing us a solid. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. It's startling changes there, Nicole, um, really. I mean, you talked you talked about this transformation season, and it's gone pretty much to plan, hasn't it? Yeah. Maybe a bit quicker
3: than you thought? Yeah. Um,
6: I think we're still kind of, I know that Lee doesn't like the word rebuilding, we've talked about it a lot but I think we are kind of still building that team and this is such a good foundation for us, I mean winning the league would be amazing and it's a real confidence boost then and it really keeps those players that we've brought in, um, it keeps them interested, it keeps every everybody's happy and that's the main thing, um, everybody's really enjoying their cricket. They love to be here as well. We're getting plenty down in the tent after training and everything where it only used to be a couple of us. But yeah, we've got a really good atmosphere going. And like Tilly said, we've got some really good new players coming in. Um, And all of our players who have been here for years, like the youngsters, Gemma... Uh, We've got Daisy, who's come through the ranks from Joe Herbertson's lot. Um, They've really, really improved this season. And I think playing in our team, we've got a mix of experience and youth. And those youth players have come on so much this season. They've been playing for Cheshire. Um, Some of them, like Nandu's been playing above her age group. So she's been playing for Cheshire under-18s when she's only 15. Um, Daisy Cook's been playing for the under-15s when she's only 13. And that's just kudos to the setup that we have got here. Um, with them playing in the seconds as well, getting that bit more experience, time out in the wicket. Mandy's really got that running really well. Um, and it's just good to get everybody's confidence levels up. And yeah, keeping everybody happy and enjoying their cricket that's the main thing. And
1: representation for the Cheshire side and for the league side?
6: Yes, uh, we played um, a Cheshire representative, league representative side, played against the MCC on Thursday. Um, There were 12 of us named uh, in the team and 6 of which were from CBH, captained by our very own Ali Cutler. Um which was great. Um and we had a couple of really good performances from our girls there. Tilly managed to take two wickets, one of which, may I add, was a beautiful in-swing ball. and <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
6: um, um then Casey Bennett hit a fine thirty-four as well and it was really nice. Um we were actually playing against some girls from the league who play on the mcc side, but we were actually playing with some of the Didsbury girls, which was um it was a good laugh, and they're really nice girls. But then we had to put our game faces on, ready for absolutely. Sunday. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, uh, keep the nicer just to that day. No, but they're they're a good bunch, and it's a really nice league to play. And everybody gets on, and everybody just pats each other on the back when um, we have good day, so yeah
1: and, awesome. and this, this lady to my right has been uh, steaming in a fair bit hasn't she over the season <laughs> yeah, I've watched her side on yeah, a bit have. of pace there Tilly
7: <laughs> well I'd like to think so <laughs> not quite what I used to be but you know <laughs> and has your cricket come sure. on
1: this year it certainly seems to from from where I've been
7: I think the, the pressure's kind of come off us a little bit last season was, was tough for us especially with that it was tough for everybody with the COVID things but um, yeah we struggled a bit and uh, me and Nicole and I we uh, we yeah. very much ran the training sessions and left us not a lot of room to focus on our own game, but with Alex coming in and helping and all the other girls um, also helping with the coaching, it's it's taken the pressure off us a bit and let us focus on our own game, which has been really nice.
1: Good, good. Okay, so remind us of when we see an action next in this big game then?
7: So we have two games remaining
6: and we need to win one of the two to secure the league. Um, so our next game is at home on the 5th of September, same day as the boys play the Cheshire Cup final, so we will be on the back pitch and that is against Stockport Trinity. And then our final game is on the 19th of September away at Lee. So Really, we'd like to bring home the trophy at home on the 5th of September.
1: That would make it some night, I'll tell you. It
7: absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> and you
1: will be back for that one, Tilly, won't you?
7: Absolutely, you? yes, I will. <laughs> I wouldn't miss okay. it for the world. <laughs> all
1: right, ladies, well, all the very best then. We'll talk to you beforehand, before that game, and uh, well done. Thank
7: well, thank you the much. Full
1: Toss Podcast. Well, Lee, um, come on. it's uh, It's been a dramatic turnaround, hasn't it? We've talked about it before, but look... Uh, that potentially, uh, they could do this in uh, on, on uh, Cheshire Cup final day.
2: Yeah, well, it sounded like you caught the back end of a party there, Jim. Doing <laughs> the uh, doing always the, a party uh, with the ladies there. are in the tent. Always a party, but no, it is one of those dramatic turn around. I'll be honest. At the start of the season, I don't think that they probably would have um, touted themselves as as a, a potential championship team. They were looking for one of those kind of higher berths in the league after quite a tough year last year. But it does look like quite a few of the, the girls seem to have clicked and, and the sides, you know, kind of bedded together. Uh, obviously, this weekend, is, you know, in the past, it's kind of been Ali's kind of just motored the batting along and there's been a few people uh, kind of assisting that. I, I, you know, though Ali went cheaply, it was really, really good to see Different names contributing, and you know, arguably the most important innings of the season comes from Meg Curtin, 39. If she doesn't come in and do that, I think that we probably don't have enough runs on Sunday. Mm. Mm. Uh, But but also as well, you know, being able to call upon the likes of Kate Kopak, you know, that's a, a really really nice addition to that side and. You know, it looks like Nicole has got the team on the cusp for something very special. And like you said, on the fifth of September, it could be a really special day for the club with them just one win away against Lee uh, from a, a famous championship, uh, the first time in in nearly five years.
1: Um, and that opening attack of, uh, I mean, we've seen Tilly Bowl, um a fair bit this year haven't we in sideways on it's a, it's impressive pace that she generates there and her with um, with with uh, Kate Kopak, i mean that's a great combination isn't it
2: yeah you know there's there's a couple from this year that you know jump off the page who who who've really kicked on you know nandu in particular she seems to go from strength to strength um every time there's a game whether it seems to be the the first or the second she seems to be playing but she also seems to be contributing and if you follow the Cheshire Cricket Board stuff. She seems to be massively involved. So obviously, I touched on uh, Meghans's 38, but Nandu actually batted with her for 14, not out for mm. quite a long period, which is fantastic. Um, that 112 at halfway, you're thinking, God, you know, that's that's obviously maybe part. You know, they're going to have to bowl really well. Um, they managed to get rid of the captain. It did in in really early on Tilly Bus. Um, seems to be that strike bowler up the top and she, she did the job, but we, we do seem to have a real kind of plethora of bowling. um, And the, the ball seems to have been thrown around. Obviously Kate Copac came back at the end, getting three wickets kind of smashed over the tail, that early wicket from Tilly bus, Gemma Rose with a wicket, Ali Cutler bowling tightly, Nandu bowling tightly. And then, you know, Gemma Munro, Um, and Charlie Thompson with a wicket each and then Daisy Cook with a couple. So, you know, it's great to see, you know, as much as, you know, I I enjoy, you you want people to, you know, have really good games. The fact that it looked like a really good team effort uh, will will really please people. And I know how excited uh, the girls are. There's some really nice stuff on social media Um, and they're in a strong position. You know, they're 31 points clear by the looks of it. Uh, and the net run rate is very good as well. So they take on Lee, and Lee are rock bottom. So uh, I'm sure some of the girls will have some Prosecco on ice somewhere. And potentially, <laughs> like I said, you know, hopefully the boys can keep their half of the bargain as well. And we can make it one massive evening in the tent on the 5th of September. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right.
1: Okay, Lee. Um... We should mention the over-40s, shouldn't we? Because we've got a finals day potentially lined up for them as well, haven't we? Uh, after they beat Grappenhall in the uh, quarterfinals last week.
2: Yeah, that over-40s team is absolutely ridiculous. It's, uh, you know, it's a very, very strong outfit. Um, looking down the uh, the batting line-up, this, this would be a very, very steady team on a Saturday. Jude Chiminder, I don't know if you've watched Jude very much. God, he's a talented guy. Mm. Uh, the captain Dave Atkin opens up with him. You know, I'm all for the captain uh, opening the bat in. I think that's you know, if you're going to do all the organisation, you might as well have a bat as well. So, <laughs> uh, do- Doggy uh, does a great job uh, for us uh, in that role. Well, he's got like, ten different roles, but uh, it's great to see him up the top of the order. Obviously, I'm sure he'll be uh, he won't die wondering up there. Um, if you got to watch Jude and Atif back together, that probably was. Quite a, a quite a sight in over-40s cricket. And I'm sure Grappinall really appreciated that, as the uh, the ball got caressed to all parts. And just when you think uh, that the punishment is over, Carl Stedman and Steve Ogilby, with 30 and 29 respectively, um, just kept mounting on the runs against a uh, Grappinall side that had struggled to actually fulfil the fixture. So fair play to them to to manage to get the side together and get across. Uh, it wasn't finished there though, with Ian Martin with 32. And then Ian Briefway with 14 out, we actually managed to post 192 of our 20 overs just for four wickets. And that, you know, they they've got a, a couple of decent bowlers in there. Mike Holden's been a really good bowler on a Saturday for for many years, so we've done really well to set that uh, set that score. Um, and and the thing was, we've actually got their two main batters very very cheaply at the top. Ian Wright, the captain, and Will Sharp, who have been top first team cricketers with Grappinall. For many decades now, uh, they went cheaply. Uh, Robin Fisher with three for uh, Wayne Goldstein, uh, obviously our hybrid player, Cheshire Gents Chumley. Um, I think he still wears a, a proper work shirt and and a flannel. You know, you know, yes. he's such a a lovely bloke. Um, he got three for Ian Martin, two for and Pravin Tumba with one for uh, bowled them out. And just 14 overs for 87. So, on to finals day. I do. I'm, I know for years this has been kind of a, a labour of love for Dave and, and quite a few of the others. It would be great to see them lift that trophy. Um, and it's actually at uh, Chester the finals day, Jim.
1: Yep.
0: The Chester Boughton Hall Player of the Week. Sponsored by Changing Home. Chester's premier independent estate agent.
1: Okay. Uh, so, we uh, the return of the uh, changing home uh, player of the week, which uh, has been absent uh, for no other reason than it's been absent, really, uh, for a couple of weeks or so. But uh, we were back in action in the tent on Saturday night. It was good to be in the tent, wasn't it? But uh, you were saying earlier on about going upstairs. Felt a little bit nippy. Felt as if we, we, we'll yeah, be nice to be upstairs soon. But anyway, I digress. Tell us about the uh, changing home player of the week.
2: Yeah, um, this, uh won the changing home player of the week, 139 was captain. Uh, always going to be tough to be beaten on, uh, after a performance like that um, what what I would say is, is that it's the first time really that we've had all four sides playing on a Saturday for a while so that's probably the reason that the uh, player of the week has been uh, kind of put on the back burner but now we're back playing every Saturday hopefully over the next few weeks we'll get some different people contributing um, and uh, I'm sure Ian and Helen enjoyed the high-quality bottle of Pinot Grigio <laughs> that was handed over by Glenda on behalf of Changing Home.
1: Cheapskates, um, Cheapskates yes. It was,
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, well, I think she didn't realise we were doing the award, Jim, because I'm pretty sure that she had her eye on that bottle herself. It looked like we are having a fantastic time. Uh, and she, <laughs> she went off to the uh, the homecoming concert, didn't she? She of did, the, uh, Of yes. the Olympians. Yes. Uh, tell me a bit about that. That looked... Uh,
1: Absolutely fabulous! It, it, uh, I wasn't there; I was at Old Edge, obviously. But uh, it did, uh, and, and from all accounts, it was. Um, and uh, she said she didn't know who Anne Marie was, but when she saw her, she knew exactly who she was. So that, oh. uh, <laughs> that was good. And the highlight, I think, seemed to be Rag and Bone Man, um, but a, a cracking day. So the atmosphere was outstanding, and of course, you know, the Olympics was uh, was such a success, anyway, wasn't it?
2: It, it was, and uh, hopefully, at, at some point, Jim, we can uh, get back to having. Uh, the, the athletics and people back in the stadium, back in the UK as well, because that's something that hasn't came back yet. But uh, I must admit, I do enjoy watching the Golden League. It's a secret passion of mine. Uh, the Diamond League as well. <laughs> uh, the Golden League, Christly. Uh, yeah, the Diamond League. So obviously a keen follower of the Diamond League. Uh, but no, it'd be really good. And, I you know, the Olympics were great fun and obviously the Paralympics on at the moment. But I did spot the... Uh, the first lady of changing home uh, had, had attended, and I'm sure, like uh, most family these days, it was death via WhatsApp picture message
7: for all the law household. It, it certainly
1: day. was, and uh, making sense of uh, of the day as well later on was uh, was a bit of a challenge. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the full toss. Okay, uh, let us um, let us touch on the fantasy league. Lee, if we may, and it's uh, something that's very close to your heart. It's got a, a little bit further away though as the weeks have gone on. And how are the standings looking?
2: Um, yeah, fancy league. I'll be honest with you. I'm trying anything just to try and claw some points back.
1: Oh, and where's, um, Jack? where's Jack? By the way, where's he gone? Uh, uh,
2: no, I think he's uh, obviously working mm. extremely hard at the moment. Yes. Um, but we'll definitely get him. I, I, I'd actually like to get him on live, Jim. I think it's important that we get a real insight to. To the man, not only as fantasy league uh, extraordinaire, but this guy's probably one of the greatest bowlers this club has ever seen. So, obviously, we've had him on with with Harry, but may sneak him on for a kind of fantasy league slash Jacko chat. um, Preferably not after a couple of pints, because that's when James comes out and not Jack.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I've heard him. Uh, Uh, Let's
2: do that. yeah the fan the fantasy league is has turned into the bundesliga quite quickly as uh, john scott who uh, is is the best part of 700 points clear at the top uh, pulling away from uh, marius dampon nicole dan myself warren um andy metcalf harry claw and Leggers. but pulls up the top 10 if it was the f1 he'd get a point for that um but, you know, the one that's kind of coming out of the pack is the Golden Duck Pond, Julia Pond, one of our favourites. She was the top uh, point scorer this week. So she must have had Ian Thistlewood in her side. Um, but, it, look, it's been great. And you know, the main thing that's been so good about it is Jack's managed to maintain the points, be it going on the board week in, week out. So well done to Jack. It's not as easy <laughs> as it sounds. Um, no. And, 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 and we, we did have, we've had 50 uh, teams take part in that. So raised some really good money for the club and, and like I said, John Scott will at the moment, he looks like he's taking a victory lap it would take something pretty special from the other sides for, for him to falter at this point and uh, I'm sure the, the prize will be completely worthy of uh, the entrance fee A bottle um, of Pinot
1: Grigio probably.
2: Well, you know, we wouldn't want to waste a good bottle on that, but <laughs> I'm sure uh, a Witchurch Sports uh, Trophy won't be far away for John Um
1: it's a good job he doesn't take it seriously, isn't it? It,
2: it is good, Jim. Uh, and to be honest, it's uh, it's one of the reasons, one of the few reasons I'm looking forward to the end of the season is the uh, constant text uh, asking where the teams are. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're getting there.
1: Getting there, matey. Okay, uh, so the night's drawing in. Training on Thursday night for you. Uh, cricket of the weekend. Uh, anything else going on?
2: No, just obviously, you know, uh, guys who, uh, especially kind of the under-15s, uh, any parents or whatever are listening, if, if you've got a, a son for, on a, uh, the boys is on a Wednesday, uh, the third and fourth team nets are still going on. And obviously, if, if it, I, I presume that the girls are uh, already at the training with the women on the Tuesday. Uh, but then, you know, also as well, getting people down to those Thursday nets, they've been really well attended this year. Uh, it's been, you know, fair play to Graham Money. He's been there every week um, assisting the uh, the first team, which has been great um, in that far end lane. And uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of ticking over. Jim hoping to maybe run some sort of function in the next couple of weeks. We're a little bit kind of snowed under at the moment, obviously with games, but it'd be great to get that kind of one functioning before the end of the year and then look at the end of the season do. So There's a, there's, a, there's a few bits going on. But I'd really, really like to uh, see or see if we can sneak together four wins. So we, we haven't had that for a while. See if we can have a four-win Saturday because there's nothing quite like it.
1: Okay, Lee. Well, look, thank you as ever. Um, go and have a lay down because you've earned one. And uh, we'll catch you next week, matey. See
2: you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers.
1: Thank you, Lee. And another full-toss podcast sinks into the sunset. Right, so thank you very much to our contributors this time round. Dan Riley from the second team, third-team skipper George Metcalf, fourth-team captain Ian Thistlewood, and uh, ladies' captain Nicole Fisher together with Tilly Bus. Thanks to Lee Dixon for sticking all the bits together with us. And uh, thank you to you for listening, of course. If there's anybody you want to hear on The Full Toss or you want to be on it, let us know. Uh, Lots of things lined up. I know we keep saying that. We just don't get around to it, but we will do. Have a good week. Watch some cricket. We'll see you next time. The Full Toss Podcast.
0: From Chester Boughton Hall.